world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, 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 what is it, October? <laughs> I don't know where time flies. It's October 9th. I look right here on my on my uh, TV screen, October 9th. How could that possibly be? But, uh, man, I, you talk about something providential, things, providential. I'm going to cut right to the chase here today. I'm not going to do any announcements or anything like that. But about a week ago, the Holy Spirit prompted me to get a hold of my, my friend, uh, more than a friend, uh, Pastor Charles Jennings who has really uh, followed his ministry for, I don't know, about 20-some years. I almost met him all, almost by an accident. I got invited to a, an event in Ohio that I'd never heard anything about, British-Israel thing, and I, I didn't even know what the heck it was all about. Went up there and got to introduce a couple people, met Pastor Charles Jennings through that and his wonderful website, Truth and History, and has been broadcasting across the, the world on uh, what was called the satellite back back in those days. and. Uh, he has a website called Truth in History. Uh, I just pause right there. Because if you listen to our show regularly, folks, you know we always say this. Um, there's so much they've taught us it's not true. And we all are prisoners of the guy standing in the pulpit. From a, really not from just a religious standpoint. Pulpit, certainly true. But classroom, think about classroom. When you go send your kids off to college or you send them off to high school, the teacher, there's all kinds of information out there. What information is the teacher going to present? That, that's what's important, right? Not the information, but the information the teacher presents and from what perspective does he present it? And so as, as I asked Pastor Charles to come on actually two days in a row, which we never do that. You know, we, we don't have many guests, uh, Pastor Jennings, and we never have them two days in a row. That's like never for sure. But in, in God's providence, all this breaks loose with Israel over the weekend, right? Israel, and so everybody's everybody now is awake. Oh, it's the end of the world. It's it's uh, book of Revelation playing out in front of yada yada. And I'm not here to besmirch any of that, but yeah. I think it's just kind of God's timing that uh, Pastor Charles would be joining us at a time. Now, let me say this before I get too far in it. Some of you pick up your toes because you're going to get stepped on. And then let me cut. Let me make. Let me make another point right now before we go any further. For anybody to accuse Pastor Jennings or me of anti-Semitism, you can go on home now. You can go right on home now. If you think that a true exposition and study of who God's chosen people are, Israel, the Jews, if you think a clear exposition and understanding of that is somehow anti-Semitic, then you are far more brainwashed than what I can even imagine. Anybody out there, you're going to have to raise your hand. You want to know the truth or not? Do you want to know the truth? That's all. We say it every day here. You shall know the truth, and the truth, if you know the truth, will set you free. But if you're hearing something that's not the truth, then you're not going to be set free. All right? So um, I've invited Pastor Charles to come in here today, and I I want to talk specifically about, I made a couple notes here, some specific things. Who is Israel? Who are the Jews? What is Jerusalem? All these words that we throw around in Christianese, we don't even really understand what they mean. Now, Pastor Charles, before I get you in here, I want to I want to pull up two things, folks, to t- kind of kick this thing off here this morning. Okay, uh, okay. Johnny, if you would pull up for me uh, three scriptures I want to share with you, and this is going to be the jumping off for you, Pastor Charles. And you go whichever direction you want to go. Hold up for me, Revelation 2, verse 9 and 10. The very first one there, John. Revelation 2, verses 9 and 10. Now, folks, are you sitting down? I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. 
And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. That's Revelation 2, verse 9, which says, some people are calling them some Jews, and they're not. Right? Huh. Well, John, what does it say in Revelation chapter 3, verse 9? Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thee and to know that I have loved thee. Wow. One more. Pull up. Where is that, John? The third one. Romans chapter. Pull it up there for me. Nine. You ready to jump off here, Pastor Charles? Not as though the word of God, it's Romans 9, verses 6 and 7. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Neither, because they are the seed of Abraham, are they all children. <laughs> but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Pastor Charles, I don't know where to jump off. Well, go ahead and jump, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for joining us here this morning. He got up early. It's only six o'clock out there where he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Coach, for inviting me uh, to be on your show. And what we are talking about is actually one of the biggest subjects in Scripture, but the most misunderstood because it can be very sensitive. And therefore, most pastors, Bible teachers, don't want to talk about it because it is it can be complicated. It involves history. It also involves current events and prophecy. And, you know, when you get into these areas of Hebrew and Israel and especially the word Jew, you have to walk very softly. Otherwise, you will be considered an anti-Semite. Now, we know, we realize that the ADL, that is the Anti-Defamation League, B'nai B'rif, and other organizations, plus these, uh, quote, anti-hate websites, are always looking for any Christian to say the wrong thing about the word Jew. So they can put you on a uh, website along with some of the most nastiest people they can think of. But uh, well, by the way, Pastor Jennings, I'm on that page. I'm on that web page. <laughs> oh, okay, you're already there. So yes, you're probably on the Southern Poverty Law yes, Center. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of innocent people there. Yes, sir. The biggest hate organization in the U.S. is the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's not us. It's them. Amen. Uh, they can pick on anybody. But anyway, you know, you, you mentioned Semite. What is a Semite? Now, in the modern concept, among evangelical Christians, they think only Jews are Semites. But without turning in the scripture, but looking at the history of the Old Testament, everybody that are descendants of Shem are Semites or Shemites, pronounced with an H or without the H. And um, Shem had one, two, three, four, five sons. Every one of them are Shemites. So we we're always concerned about the son of Shem that leads down to Abraham. So I want to just read some Old Testament names. Well, Pastor, if I could just stop you just a second, okay? Okay. I'm, I'm a step ahead of you. 
Johnny, pull up Semite. I went to this Encyclopedia Britannica, Pastor Charles. Okay. Because people don't like religious references, right? So the Semite, this is the Britannica. Semite is a name given to the 19th century to a member of any people who speak one of the Semitic languages. A family of languages spoken primarily in parts of Western Asia and Africa. Term, therefore, came to include Arabs, Akkadians, Canaanites, Hebrews, Ethiopians, Amara, Tigrayans, Amri, uh, Mesopotamians, Mediterraneans, Arabian Peninsula, Horn of Africa. So when we hear the word Semite, we're not talking just about Jews. Folks, Absolutely. this is the Encyclopedia Britannica, okay? Absolutely. Okay, everybody comfortable so far? Now, Charles is going to give you the lineage of these Semitic people, who they were, because they were uh, an evolution of the 12 tribes of, of, of uh, 12 tribes. So, look, for this reason, it says, some critics even encouraged the removal of the hyphen in the term anti-Semitism to help dispel any pseudoscientific notions of a Semitic race. So, folks, when somebody says that if you criticize the Jews, you're being anti-Semitic, that means I'm against the Arabs and the Hebrews and the Armenians. And right? Are you with Am I doing okay, Pastor Charles? Absolutely. I'm glad okay. you did that. Okay. I'm glad you did that. Because, you know, the thing that counteracts, counteracts ignorance is knowledge and understanding. Yes, sir. We should not be afraid of knowledge even if it goes against what I've been taught from childhood. We have to be uh, mature enough, especially as Christians and adults, to say, hey, I have been wrong. Amen. And so anyway. But Pastor Charles, yeah. sorry, Britannic says, in fact, by 2500 BCE, Semitic-speaking peoples had already become widely dispersed throughout Western Asia. In Phoenicia, they became seafarers. In Mesopotamia, they blended with the citizens of Sumer. The Hebrews settled with other Semitic peoples in Palestine. So for the Jews to claim the term Semitic, that is just not the truth. That is not the truth. But yet many preachers are stand up in the pulpit and say, if you say anything against the Jews, you're anti-Semitic. That's right. Well, I'm glad you brought up the fact. I'm glad you pulled up that dictionary definition because it gives us a biblical understanding of the word Shemite or Semitic, because uh, one of the sons of Shem was Elam, that's in Genesis 14, Asher, turned out to be the Assyrian people. So if you Pastor James, say anything can, against... Let me, pull, let me pull the tribes up there, and you can talk, because I got the tribes. Can you throw it up on the screen for us, Johnny, the 12 tribes? And you can continue, Pastor Charles, because there they are right on the screen. So if you say anything against the Assyrians mentioned in the Bible, that's anti-Semitic. And he had Lud, L-U-D, that's Genesis 10. Aram, which turned out to be the uh, the, Amer the, Am the Aramaic people or the Assyrian people. They're Shemite. Also, Arphaxad. Now, Arphaxad was of the um, line of Abraham. So everybody, Arphaxad, Selah, Eber, Eber, Peleg, Reu, Serug, Nahor, Terah, they were all Semites. So the word Semite has been twisted. It has become a trigger word to slander anyone that says anything about the Jew. Well, Terah was the father of Abram. Well, Abram had, or he had two brothers, Nahor and Haran. And Haran was the father of the Moabites, the Ammonites. Nahor was the father of Bethuel, Laban, Leah, Rachel. They were all Semites. So the, the whole civilization in Old Testament times in that part of the world, a large number of them were Shemite people. So when we come down to Abraham, we're going to get down here to the Israelites. 
even when when abram you know the story how the lord changed his name and so forth abram had isaac he also had ishmael the father of the arabs they're shemites so what's going on in the middle east today is shemites we so we've got he also had keturah the six sons of keturah so you, you know the whole and actually what we're trying to do and you did it well already coach to define the word shemite it is not an exclusive word applying only to the modern jew it's a word that covers many many different families of people okay so charles hang on a second because i think with my crowd here a little bit okay and i know that you can answer all these questions because we just read where it says those who say they are jews and are not so a jew is someone from the tribe of judah would that be right uh, would, would a would somebody from the tribe of issachar be a jew would somebody no. from the tribe of Benjamin be a Jew? Would somebody from the tribe of Dan be a Jew? Would somebody from the tribe of Levi be a Jew? Coach, you have you have greater understanding than John Hagee. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so Jews are of the tribe of Judah. Yes. Jesus was called the lion of the tribe of Asher. Was he called the, the lion of the tribe of Issachar? No, he was called the lion of the tribe of Judah because why? That was his lineage, right? That was and, his lineage. And so when Pilate said to him, are you king of the Jews? Pilate knew what he was talking about. He knew he was talking about the, the lineage of Judah, right? But, you know, in the, in, in the Bible and in history, there are eight different ways that a person could be called a jew and i, I want to go over these and and very quickly you could be a full-blooded judahite slash israelite by birth in other words you would be a physical offspring of judah the man judah and tamar who was a shemite i got a call time out pastor jennings so just being born in Israel doesn't make you a Jew? Well, you see, all true Judahites were Israelites. But all Israelites were not Judahites. Okay, go ahead. I'll set up. Go ahead. All Texans are Americans, but all Americans are not Texans. Hey, folks, let me, let me stop you, folks. Why is this so confusing? Do you understand why we're so confused? You understand how we interchange these terms? It's like calling calling me, a, a, like, like, like Charles just said, not all Americans are Buckeyes, but all Buckeyes are Americans, right? Yeah. So as we look at it from that, I'm just trying to differentiate for you who these people are. Charles, so, I'll, try to shut, I'll try to shut up. So Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So his, all 12 sons of him were called Israelites, but each had a different tribe so you know reuben uh gad simeon etc but anyway number two in the old testament genesis 38 you could be a mixed blood judahite slash canaanite by birth and you in other words a person that would be a mixed blood between a Judahite and a Canaanite, he'd be known as a Jew. That would be the offspring of Judah and that Canaanite wife that he picked up in Genesis 38 called Shua. Um, so this, these mixed blood people that were known as Jews, but they were mixed blood, they went into Egypt with jacob's family so there were mixed blood people when they lived in egypt and came out of egypt you know when we read the bible especially when a preacher stands up on sunday morning and talks about 
the Israelites in Egypt. He's simplifying that for kindergarten people that are, you know, 50, 60, and 70 years old. And he is simplifying it. And really what he is doing, he is cheating them out of understanding and knowledge of the full picture of scripture. Because number three, this mixed blood Simeonite, Simeon mixed or had relations with a Canaanite woman. So you've got a part of Judah that were mixed blood Canaanites. You've got part of the tribe of Simeon that were part blood, uh, blood Simeonites. And we come along these days and say, well, they're all Jews. No, these were of the tribe of Simeon. What, so originally, Pastor Jennings, what made someone a Jew originally? A full-blood, genuine Judahite. From the, the tribe of Judah. Jew, from the, the word, tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah. But the word Jew is only a contraction of the word Judahite. It's just a contraction. Really, a true full-blooded Jew, I call a Judahite because he is the tribe of Judah. Um, getting a little more closer in time. Number four, you could be a Jew by conversion. You're a religious proselyte. During the intertestamental period between Malachi and Matthew, the you know after the babylonian captivity and the nation of judah the southern kingdom had to be reconstituted come back together and so forth they became very powerful their influence was all over the mediterranean world and a lot of people were converted to judaism that were not of the tribe of Judah. So they had no Israelite blood, but they adopted Judaism as a religion. So Charles Jennings, so it's like a, 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 a Baptist could go to Africa and could share the gospel with people in Africa, and he would give them, they, they would be called Baptistonians or whatever, right? But they were still Christians. It was, it was, it was a religion. It was a religion. So Part of the our confusion is, is, is Judaism a religion or a race? Which is it? That's right. It's a religion that formed into a community, and naturally it this religion kind of bound them together and they, you know, created a culture of their own. So uh, I can so I can convert to Judaism. Can I convert to African Americanism? You can't do that. No, I can't, can I? So you therefore, can, Judaism is a religion. Judaism is a religion. Okay. So the conversion of many people between the Babylonian captivity and the time of Matthew, what we call the intertestamental period of 450 years, Matthew 23, 15 talks about converts to the law, Jews and proselytes, Acts chapter 2 and verse 10. It means a newcomer or a visitor to a community. In other words, I'm going to go join the, uh, the Amish. They probably don't want me, but it's a religion. So number five a conversion for survival. Esther chapter eight and verse 17, it says, and many of the people of the land became Jews for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. In other words, the Jews had the upper hand. In other words, these people said, don't kill me. I'll just join your religion. Convert or die, convert or die. Convert or die. So there's, 
a mixed blood, every Jewish scholar will tell you that they cannot trace their pure genealogical line all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, it is a mixed briar patch. Amen. And just they know it. There's so black just, Jews. Just there's my family tree is a mixed briar patch. Just my family tree, right? Just my grandma and grandpa's on both sides. Wow, right? So the idea that it would all be pure is true. Let me, let me go here real quick because it's important. Let's go back to the 12 tribes, Charles. Because we have to, folks, you have to, we have to hammer this into you. Uh, the tribe of Benjamin today, first of all, where did they go? But is those some people from the tribe? I'm looking at my screen over here. Are the people from the tribe of B Benjamin today, Charles, are they considered Jews? Or people from the uh, tribe of Issachar, are they considered Jews? Or are, were these all God's chosen people, Charles? All 12 of these tribes? Were they God's chosen people or was it just the tribe of Judah? That's right. They were all God's chosen people. A Jew or or we'll say is a car. That's he's not a Jew. Gad's not a Jew. Nephilim's not a Jew. Benjamin's not a Jew. You know, th this is common sense. It is. But yet the preacher will stand up and say that all Israel were Jews. He'll say Abraham was a Jew. Well, the word Jew hadn't even come into existence in the days of Abraham. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> you see, you don't you don't rename your ancestors. And that's what most preachers do. They say, well, uh, Abraham was a Jew. Isaac was a Jew. They couldn't have been. The word Jew didn't come into existence until hundreds of years later. So what do you think Paul meant? What do you think Paul meant when he said not all Israel's Israel? What do you think he meant by that, Charles? Well, basically, that scripture that you had up on the screen was Romans, what was it, Romans 9? Yeah, Romans 9, 7. And you see, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Well, basically, he's talking about the children of Abraham which were the six sons of Keturah and the son of Hagar, which was Ishmael. So he was making a division between Ishmael and the six sons on one side and Isaac on the other. Did Ishmael's tribe become, Ishmael's kids became the Arab race, did they not? Did they become, yes, they became the Arabs. Because folks, listen, folks, listen. All of the people came from Adam and Eve, right? They all came from Adam and Eve originally. And, and you see, the Arabs, they came from Abraham. They're the children of Abraham. And the six sons of six sons of Keturah, they're children of Abraham, whoever they are. But only in Isaac was God's choice. And Therefore, it was Isaac and then Jacob and the 12 Israelites. And, you know, we're going to have to admit in the, that God is sovereign. And when he said through the prophet Amos to Israel, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. This is Amos 3, 2. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Well, we're going to just let God be God. He wrote the book. We didn't. And, you know, this concept of egalitarianism. Now, I want to make a statement here. It may not be in full context with our subject. But everybody on the planet is not God's chosen people, only Israel. I'm not saying they can't be saved. I'm saying they're not God's chosen Israel family. Now, some people are probably doing backflips on that one. But the Bible says right here in verse 2, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Because God made a covenant 
with Isaac, first with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Israel. That's a chosen family that he made a covenant with. And in that covenant, through that covenant and family, Jesus Christ came. And Jesus Christ confirmed that covenant on the cross when he died and bled, he confirmed or ratified the Abrahamic covenant. Okay, so Charles, so we know that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, we would call that the end of the Old Testament, basically, and then the beginning of the New Testament. What yes. was it when Jesus said he was reconciling the world unto himself? In other words, making salvation available, not just to the Jew, but to everybody else. That's what he meant when he reconciled the world unto himself. What happened then, Pastor Charles? Were the Jews no longer the chosen people? Is it was it a uh, how does that whole thing play out? Why are why the separation today, Charles, between the terms Judeo Christian? When shouldn't it be Hebraic Christian yes. rather than Judeo Christian? Yes, yes. Um, big subject here. Take the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. You have one God. He's the same God in the Old Testament as the New Testament. Because Jesus Christ was God incarnate in flesh. Not God number two. He's mm. God incarnate in flesh. And it's the same people that he made a covenant with in the Old Testament that he made a covenant with in the New Testament. Jeremiah 31, 31. If that scripture could come up on the screen, Jeremiah 31, 31. We read that, behold, the days come, saith the Lord. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Well, aren't those the same house, Pastor? House of Israel, house of Judah, not the same house? Well, See, there were two different, the, the kingdom split after Solomon. So you had the northern kingdom, which was the house of Israel. You have the southern kingdom, which was the house of Judah. Now, the word house is family. Lineage. The family of Israel and the family of Judah. When the New Testament was instituted, the new covenant, we read in Hebrews chapter 8, the same words in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number somewhere, verse 8. Okay, I'm, or if that, okay, it says, um, I will make a new covenant, verse 8, 8, Hebrews 8, 8, finding fault with them, said the, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Well, he made the same, he made a covenant, a new covenant with the same people that he made with in the Old Testament. But the new covenant is under better promises. It has a better sacrifice. Everything is better about it because he said, I'll put the law into your heart, into your mind. So he didn't do away with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. He just said, I'm going to send us my son. He's, he's going to give a better sacrifice on the cross. And he will put the law into your hearts instead of just writing it on stone. So now, being a child of God is not through lineage or birth, but through belief. Well, but you see, physically, the Israelites still exist. We are Israelites because 
I mean, it, it seems like we're going in different directions because the subject is so big. But when you go back to the Old Testament, we're talking about a physical, literal people called Israelites. They live together. Yeah, and we all 12 tribes. We're going to talk about all 12 tribes. When they sinned, basically, they, see, they were given a law. And the Lord said, if you obey, I'll bless. If you disobey, I'll curse you. And he says, your sin has become so egregious, I'm going to spew you out of the land. Well, the Assyrian captivity took place between 745 and 721 BC. And there were different captivities when Assyria came down, took the people of Israel out of the northern kingdom into Assyria. Then they went down to the southern kingdom and took Judahites and Benjamites and some of Levi and took them into captivity. Well, this would be around 596 BC. So after they were there, after the Israelites, all 12 tribes represented, after they were there in Assyria for about 100 years, the Babylonians and the uh, Med people of Media came in to conquer Assyria. So Assyria as an empire was collapsing. And the Israelites said, hey, this is our chance. Let's take off. So they went north and west, a literal people traveling. It probably took them hundreds of years to cross the Caucasus Mountains. That's why we are called Caucasians. The Caucasus Mountains are between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, and they crossed those mountains, and they went into southern Europe and kept traveling over until they got to northwestern Europe, Germany, France, Scandinavia, and then they crossed the English Channel over into Great Britain. Eventually, they came over here. That's why we are literal, physical Israelites but all of us are not Christians. So we are sons of Abraham. They crossed over the Caucasus Mountains and became known as Caucasians. Caucasians. When you fill out your income tax form, I hope you do, anyway, stay out of the doghouse with our three-letter friends. <laughs> uh, you know, it's on there. What is your race? You mark Caucasian because my ancestry, yours, came across the Caucasus Mountains. All coming out of Israel. You getting it, folks? Are you picking up? Coming out of Assyria, out of the land of Palestine. So we are Israelites by physical birth, but we need to be true Israelites by spiritual birth. Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. Because just because a person is an Israelite by physical birth doesn't mean that he's saved, you know, because that's why Christ came to mm -hmm. redeem these people. And the word redeem or redemption means that you own something originally. Like if you own a watch, you take it to the swap shop and you say, hey, I need $20. Can you hold this watch? And then you go back and you buy that back. You're redeeming that which you originally owned. Amen. Amen. So Jesus Christ, when he came, he bought Israel back. Wow. He redeemed Israel back to himself because he originally owned it. You can't redeem something that you never originally owned. You can buy it, but you see, when Jesus Christ came, he gave a parable, and he said that there was this precious pearl in the field, and in order to get that pearl, he bought the whole field. So he bought the whole world. His blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, is sufficient to save 
Israelite and non-Israelite. Mm. We can't limit the power of his blood. Amen. But right. it doesn't do away with the fact that there are literal Israelites still living today, which which are the Anglo-Saxon, Scandinavian, Germanic-related people. And there are many signs and identification marks that we are of literally the descendants of Israelites of the Old Testament. Wow. Um, you know, Charles, I, let, me go, let me go ahead as you, as you prepare there. Let me go ahead and open it up because as you said, this is hard to get your mind around. This, this we've been so mistaught about so many things. I said to my wife today, I wonder how many of you out there right now, if I were to have Clay offer to give you $100, how many of you could rattle off the 12 tribes of Israel? And I would say not very many of you. So I love Charles Jennings because why? Truth in history. Well, how do you know truth in history if you don't know history? If you don't know history. Yeah. How do you, how do you know if you don't if we don't really know understand our founding understand our roots how do we ever go back to them how do we ever go back and find out where from whence we've come right you you guys picking up what I'm saying and That's so right. what's happened to us I believe that some of these truths especially with the whole idea of Judaism and Zionism and all that stuff that's going on we have totally and completely lost the whole idea of the twelve tribes. Which tribe we came from, not that it matters, but that with through Christ now all the tribes are blessed. All who will come, come, right? Charles, there isn't anything special anymore about the Jews being God's chosen people, is there? Well, the 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 people that we know as Jews in the world today, they're not God's chosen people. They're a mixture, as as I began to. This is making people really uncomfortable, this part right here, because, because they've been taught forever yeah, and ever and ever. Because I want to go back to this point. In 120 BC, this is a very important point. In 120 BC, there was a group of, quote, Jewish zealots i mean they were military men and their leader was named john hyrcanus h-y-r-c-a-n-u-s you can look this up in the jewish encyclopedia you can look this up in any jewish history book and it will tell you in fact um the encyclopedia you could lock it, look up his name right now, and it, it'll tell you what he did. He went, he and his military group went over to Edom. Now, the Edomites were perpetual enemies of true Israel in the Old Testament. They came from Esau. And the Bible says, Esau, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. And they were mean, they were paganistic, they were anti-God, they were wicked people. And he went, John Hyrcanus and his military group went over to Edom. And at that time, Edom was located just over across the Jordan River, on the east side of the Jordan River, south of Jerusalem. He went over there and force them to become quote Jews. He didn't he couldn't change their blood. He changed their religion. Mm. So they became Jews and they were anti-God. They were wicked, paganistic, but they rose to the top in government. Herod, any Bible scholar will tell you that Herod the man that was on the throne when Jesus was born was an Edomite, but he was a Jew by religion and Edomite by blood. Now we see why he hated the Lord Jesus. Okay, Charles, I want to get a couple of folks in here. We're, I mean, boy, this is so deep. 
Charles, why, why, why are the Jews, why have they been called God's chosen people? Aren't the Benjaminites also God's chosen people? That's right. Huh? Right? Aren't all 12 tribes God's chosen people? At what point did the, Judah, did the tribe of Judah become God's chosen people? Well, that's probably um, a convoluted situation that goes back to ignorance. When, you see, for the last 200 years, for the last 200 years, theology has been muddied. It's been because there was always, there were always Jews throughout history. Ever since the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, they were scattered throughout the earth. And being that they had that word, J-E-W, which was a contraction of Judah, even though they were false, that through the ignorance of Christian theologians, they said, well, these people must be Israelites because they jumped over from the word Jew to Israelite. And when they did that, See, nobody, so, so, nobody. So an, an, an Israelite could be someone from the tribe of Simeon. That's an Israelite right. could be somebody from the tribe of Levi. An, an Israelite could be somebody from the tribe of Gad or Asher. Is that right? That's right. So, so our theologians for the last 200 years have betrayed us, coach. They have betrayed us. Not only the preachers on TV, but the ones that are standing behind the, the desk in seminaries and colleges, they have not defined the terms Semite, Hebrew, Israelite, and Jew. They just said Jew. So when the when the uh, Schofield came along, you see, here's another branch of this tree. When Schofield came along, you know, and published his Bible in 1909. He had the word Jew in there representing all of Israel. Yep. Well, that Bible was published and it went everywhere. All that would be like, folks, that'd be like making all Americans Buckeyes. Do you understand? Yes. This? And it's it, it's not right. And he, in his theology, he made all of prophecy raw, revolving around one people called Jew, and they're not even true Judahites. <laughs> and he made prophecy revolve around one little plot of ground over there in the Middle East, the size of the state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Well, because in about 1860, the Jews, which are the false Jews, they said, we want a homeland because they were a scattered people. They said, we want a homeland. So they started talking this around 1860. And when we get up to 1897, we've got Theodore Herzl, who was a uh, the father of Zionism. He holds this big meeting in Basel, Switzerland. And he said, Let's launch this campaign for the Jewish people to reconquer, quote, the Holy Land. Well, the preachers also jumped on board with him. And it was the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses that really jumped on board with him. And then when Schofield came along and wrote his Bible, he was influenced by a man by the name of A.C. Gabeline, who was, who was not a Jew, but he spoke Yiddish better than some of the Jewish Yiddish people. And so it became a theological campaign. And Zionism was nothing but a political movement. 
without Christ, a political movement to conquer the land of Palestine. So, so Pastor, help me out here. It would be true then to say that Israel was the home of the tribe of Reuben and Simeon and Levi, not just Judah. So when we that's talk right. about Israel just being the Jews, that's where we're missing the mark. It wasn't just the tribe of Judah. That's right. But yet, in our ignorance, people keep calling the name, using the name Jew to represent all 12 tribes. Right. Right. That's not that's not intellectually honest. Right. right. You know, why don't we call all Americans New Yorkers? <laughs> you're from Oklahoma, Ohio, New Mexico, California, Washington. Oh, you're just a New Yorker. It'd be about that ignorant. Yeah, it is. That is. But that's what. It, we, it, that's what it, we, but why do these preachers do that, Coach? Because that's what they've been taught. And, I, and Pastor Charles, we say it all the time here on the show. We are all prisoners of whoever taught us. All that's of us. Right. And so we just repeat stuff that isn't true. Let me get some of these folks in here real quick. Okay, Roger, come on in real quick. Yeah, Roger. Probably went off, got a cup of coffee. Bob, come on in. Someone just put up a note there. It said Theodore Herzl was an agent of the Rothschilds. That's true. Dave, it, I mean it was a it was a financial thing. It was an economic thing. It was a political move. The reestablishment of Israel, the entire reestablishment of Israel was financial and political. Political. I mean, you can't go over there and say, uh, you you can't preach Christ openly. Boom. That's right. That's right. Roger, you want to try now? Yeah, real quick. Um, Charles, I believe your material. I go to your site. I read it. I'm way behind your knowledge. What can I take out of today? The What is the quick piece of tidbit? As I go to my church on Sundays and I sit in my Sunday school class and I hear about the Jews and Israel, is there a, is there a strong wording that I can take from me today as I dig in individually later? Good question. Good question. Well, that is a good question, but be... Uh be aware of the fact that they may show you the door uh, and slam it behind you or some guy give you his number nine boot with his foot still in it. Uh, but what, what you could go to your Sunday school class with is a question. Teacher, please prove to me by history and scripture, that all the Jews that are over there in Palestine or Fifth Avenue, New York, can their lineage can be traced unbroken back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It cannot be done. It cannot be done. Now, right. to my right over here, I have a stack of books. I don't know if this camera will pick it up or not. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we're seeing some of them. Okay. These books, mainly written by, I want, I want to introduce one book because it's still available. This book is still available. And this book alone, <laughs> it's, it's entitled On the Road to Armageddon. How Evangelicals Became Israel's Best Friend. This book is well worth every penny that you would pay for it. And just look it up online, and this will give you the overall picture and the story of how America became Israelis' best friend. And also, how our Congress has been bought by the Israeli government and by the Jewish lobby in America. Now, this Once book again, is by Timothy Weber. 
Folks, again, don't forget this. Pastor Charles is going to join us again tomorrow, believe it or not, for those of you who are really, really confused. Let me go back to where we began. The scriptures tell us those who say they are Jews and are not. So evidently there's some people who are claiming Judaism who aren't. And they also says what? Not all Israel is Israel. Why don't we want to believe this? Why is it we do not want to believe it? By the way, the book's up on the on the screen right now. It's not written by Charles Jennings. Do you guys think he's nuts? It's written by Timothy P. Weber, On the Road to Armageddon, How Evangelicals Became Israel's Best Friend. Folks, I'm going to tell you this. I believe this, Charles, the bottom of my heart. Take Israel out of it. Take all of it out of it. The gospel being preached in most churches today is not the old-time gospel of our ancestors, is it? Well, you're right. The gospel has been politicized. It has become monetized. You know, Coach, let, let me say this. And this, you know, I'm not anti-church. The church has blessed my life. I was raised in a Christian home. Go to church. Go to the altar. Pray. Hear sermons and all that. But here lately, in the last 30 years, the emphasis of the true gospel has been twisted by most television evangelists because it has become money, 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 and popularity, prosperity, and they would rather continue to teach a lie and have ministerial acceptance by the people rather than to tell the hard truth of history. Evil men have crept in unawares and have changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. It's right there in the scriptures, right, Charles? That's right. And, And Paul actually meant they withhold the truth. They may know the truth, but they withhold it. They don't tell people. Uh, okay. Pastor yeah. Jennings, let me stop you here because we're going to lose we're going to lose a lot of our crowd here in about three minutes. So those of you who are watching out there on the uh, uh, Patriot News Network, you can go to CoachDaveLive.com. We do an after show. This will, we'll, we'll keep Pastor Charles for maybe another half hour. In fact, we're going to have him on tomorrow as well. Uh, to so get your questions together, get ruminating on exact on exactly what's going on. And uh, so, Pastor Charles, um, what do we do here? And by the way, I'm sure what you're telling us here today is not welcome in what we would consider mainstream Christian circles, is it? That's true. That's true. Well, tomorrow, I would like to share some thoughts out of some of these other books that I have. about the term Judeo-Christian. Is there such a thing exist as Judeo-Christianity? Pastor Charles, let me me make this point very, we'll do that. I want to make this very clear, folks. Are you looking at me? Are you listening to me? They tell us that the Jews are God's chosen people. That would be the tribe of Judah. Is that right, Pastor Charles? A Jew is from the tribe of Judah. A Jew is not from the tribe of Reuben. That's right. Right? But the tribe of Reuben are God's chosen people. And the yes. God, uh, children of Simeon are God's chosen people. And the children of Levi are God's chosen people. And the children of Dan and Naphtali and Gad, and they are all God's chosen people, not just the tribe of Judah. Am I right on that? That's right. I mean, you know, a, a first grader should understand that. Why doesn't John Hagee understand that? and all these other preachers on TV. Amen. <laughs> because they know that it's a political issue and it's an economic issue. In other words, just in plain language, it would cut off their money supply. If they told the truth, it would cut off their money supply and they would in, lose influence 
with the Jewish lobby in America and also with the state of Israeli. Not all Israel, Israel, those who say they are Jews and are not. Hey, folks, you can call us anti-Semitic all you want to. Am I right, Charles? I'm Semitic. Am I Semitic, Charles? That's right. You are. <laughs> How about that, folks? See, that you know, huh? we've, been, we've been so lied to. We've been so Revelation 2, 9 and 3, 9 was written by none other than the Lord Jesus Christ and recorded by John. Amen. Those are the words of Christ. Amen. I mean, we need to grow up in Christianity and be able to accept a, a hard gospel message. Amen. Folks, same bat time, same bat channel tomorrow. We're going to get into this more with Pastor Charles Jennings. God bless you. We'll see you then. Okay.